Good morning. Welcome to White Spray Road, part two. If you would, go ahead and stand with us. We'll sing everybody else on in here. Come to his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give him praise. And give him praise. Come to his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Your voice is raised. Your voice is raised. Give glory. Welcome to White's Ferry Road. We'd like to ask our elders, if y'all would, go ahead and start making your way down. And uh, Rex Hudnall, you can go ahead and start bringing your family down. Uh, we are so glad that you have chosen to be with us today. And uh, if you're visiting with us, and I've met several of you, we're so glad that you have chosen to be with us as far as Indiana and Missouri and uh, a lot of points all around. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, this is our second service today, 450 of you. Uh, of our brothers and sisters and other visitors who joined us at 8 o'clock this morning. This is our first Sunday for that. Uh, so a lot of exciting uh, changes are happening, uh, and the kingdom is growing. Uh, and they're growing with, with uh, lots of babies, and we got a whole family. Let me get out of the way. We'll get run over up here uh, with this. If you're new to us here or, or haven't been with us before, we like to bless our babies and our elders uh, come down and offer a prayer for us. Uh, Bill Smith, uh, our patriarch, uh, is just not able to stand up here with us today, but he is with us here in spirit as one of our elders. So uh, Bill uh, is, is joining us as, with the rest of our elders. And Mac, one of our former elders for many years here, uh, is going to bless his grandson today. Amen. You know, one of the neatest traditions I believe that we uh, started here at White's Ferry Road was when we would take our children before the creator of the cosmos and beyond and ask him to bless them but also ask our parents to really take seriously the responsibility that they've been given in raising these children and so today it's my honor and privilege to be able to take Rex Hudno before the creator of the cosmos and um, also before I do that uh, Jerry Cherry and Josh wrote something to Jet Noen and so, boys, this is something from your mom and dad about your responsibility in helping with your brother. You ready? Today we are blessing your baby brother, Rex. 
It seems like just the other day when we were standing here for your baby blessing, God had chosen to bless our family with the responsibility, chosen you to help with the responsibility of helping Rex grow into a godly man. We need your help in making this happen through the godly example that you two boys lead each and every day. Rex will look to you for guidance in so many areas of life. Yes, there will be days that you will wonder if your brother was sent to be a blessing or to drive you crazy. But remember, there will always be a small set of eyes watching you and wanting to be just like you. Your mom and I want to thank you both for being the amazing sons that you are, and we look forward to seeing how God has life planned for you as well, mom and dad. You know, um, I want to give Rex his first New Testament. And uh, what I always love to tell parents is he's never, our children are never too young to hear the Word of God read over them. So start early. You know, we're going to ask for God to bless Rex, but even more than that, I mean, look at this family. Are you kidding? Wow. You guys are going to have a lot of help in raising this young man. And, you know, we want to ask you guys to take very seriously the responsibility that's given you. You know, when other families are maybe not doing things quite right, we hope that you'll listen to God's direction and what direction he has for you to raise Rex. So, with that being said, I'm going to say a prayer over Rex and ask God to bless this little young'un. Father, we just are so thankful that you would choose us to raise other little human beings in your shadow to become like you. And Father, I just pray very strongly this morning that you give Josh and Cherry that urgency that they should raise Rex to be like Jesus. Father, help them when others are making decisions maybe that aren't quite good, that they will listen to you and make the right decisions. And Father, we pray a special blessing on Rex, that he will indeed grow up to be the godly warrior that you intended for him to be. Thank you, Father, for this whole family that stands up here today, because we all say in unison today, Father, that we want to help Rex grow to be that man you want him to be. Watch over this whole family, Father. Thank you for the blessings you pour out on us every day. In Jesus' name, amen.
would stand with us while we continue to worship this morning. Or as the song says, all rise as we stand before the throne in the presence of the Holy One. I left my pitch pipe. Here we go. There was a holy hush over as I walked into the room, and as I stood before him face to face, I was gloriously made new. There was a great and awesome presence, and the light bright as the day, and as I bowed to the We believe in the truth of the Bible. 
Go to the Father. Most gracious and righteous Father, we just want to thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings of this life. But most of all, as we fall at your feet and worship you, help us not to take advantage of your broken body that you give for us willingly to go to the cross. So we thank you so much for that, Lord. We pray in your precious name. Amen.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your son that you give on that cruel Roman cross. Jesus, we thank you for your precious blood, for only through that we have redemption, we have salvation. Lord, help us to always remember through the taking of the juice, your death, until you come again. In your name, amen. Go with Father. Dear Lord, early on in my recovery, you impressed upon somebody's heart to tell me that the only way I can keep what I have is giving it away. Lord, we just want to right now thank you for giving us your all, and you only want little in return. So as we give today, help us to give out of a cheerful heart. 
Bless each gift in each giver to your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get to uh, our appeal today for the first Sunday, I want to know if you feel like I do. We've, my Margaret and I have lived for a lot of decades, quite a few of them, more than 80 with me. I dare not tell hers, but she's younger. But sometimes I think we need to all of us take just a second and praise God for all that he's doing for us and has done for us. <laughs> nice. Uh, most of you know that on the first Monday of each month, we take a special collection up to take care of our own people. Oh, I said Monday? No, I said, I, well, you can do it Monday too, but, be, <laughs> but uh, Sunday's a day. But would you think that we're gonna have a special chance to show our faith in the next two weeks. We're gonna show our love for our brothers and sisters who are handicapped this week with the passing of the hat, which the Lord loves. And then next week, we're gonna have a big one. So I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to see today and the next week on the mission week that we have, we beat all previous records. Love you very much.
Father, it seems miraculous, really, to have this many people who live together and uh, love together and share their problems and their, and their excitement together. And they're generous, Father, to, uh, to praise your name, for, for only, only you can cause people to give. So this, this morning, as we pass the trays, this money is reserved just for our members here. And we hope you will participate even a little bit helps. And remember, next week is a big challenge. So let's get ready to say it and do it and praise his name, okay? Our Father, which art in heaven, truly your name is to be held up in holiness. Your will should be done, Father, in our lives as your people, as it is in heaven. We pray that your kingdom comes soon. The world seems so bad, Father. We've been so blessed in this country, and people don't understand in power. They don't understand the, the grace that you've shed on our country. So I just want to pray for our people to tell the world, to show the world we're different. We're Bible people. We're Christ's people, and we're generous people. And we praise your name through Jesus with the help of the Spirit to your glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. And thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving me.
We're about ready to get started back. If you would, start making your way back to your seat. If you're already there, thanks a lot. Have, just go ahead and stand up, and we'll sing everybody else back on in. exciting. Uh, Trent told me to tell you, by the way, he's saving, when he preaches, he's saving all his jokes for the early service. So if you want in on those, you got to come at eight. That's what he said. Okay, isn't that right? <laughs> uh, well, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, next week is our mission Sunday, as well as Duck Commander Day. Now, two things going on on missions. One, you bring somebody from the community in here to hear the good news. Um, and uh, the guys are going to do a great job preaching. And then also, the, every, all the contribution that day will go toward our mission efforts. We've been highlighting some of those different ones. Uh, uh, one is the Croatia girls, what I call them, uh, Echo and Samantha. They're over there now working and being busy for the Lord. And so uh, they're part of what we support. Also, uh, World Radio, of course, uh, a great ministry that Ben heads up. And, and as well as he heads up... Uh, Relief ministry and relief ministry is awesome because not only just the meeting needs in a in a uh, disaster time, but out of that, so many times churches end up being planted, just like we did in New Orleans and other places, and so that's an exciting one. So all those are part of what we've been talking about the last few weeks in terms of supporting things for missions. So uh, thank you ahead of time for your contributions. You can give. There'll be uh, tables out that you can give on uh, the iPad. Because I know some of you young people, you don't bring cash and you don't write checks, right? 
But you know what? We'll take your card. And so uh, we'll figure that out, however, the, however you want to give, or on the website, or uh, obviously just dig in your wife's purse and get all the money she's got and bring it with you and uh, make a good contribution that day, okay? Well, uh, now, Trent dealt with kind of choosing the right side, and this is kind of partnering with his lesson. Uh, it's, it's, it's entitled, What's Up uh, With You?, uh, now, this looks like some of your baby pictures, right? This kind of looked like a Columbo baby picture. You know what I'm saying? One eye is doing something different than the other and that kind of thing. And uh, so uh, uh, we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there, that's where we're going to be working out of today. The first thing we're going to do is talk about waking up. Are you hard to wake up? Now, I can go to sleep anywhere, and whatever reason, people on these mission trips love to take a picture of you sleeping, you know, and so that's in a church van coming from Mexico, and uh, obviously, uh, I had full confidence uh, in whoever was driving. I wasn't driving, by the way, uh, but, uh, but sometimes, are you hard to wake up in the morning? Or are you like the, the guy that said, they said, do you wake up grouchy in the morning? He said, no, I just let her sleep, you know, I mean... Might be like that, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, what do you use, what kind of device do you use to wake up in the morning? What's that called? An alarm clock. I never liked that. An alarm is something that goes off when something bad is happening, right? You know, the bank's getting robbed, you have an alarm. A fire in a building, you have an alarm, you know? Those kind of, so I, I really rather look, I like to call that an opportunity clock, right? I mean, you know, we've got opportunity, a brand new day, good things, you know, the Lord's made. Yeah, I, this is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And, you know, we used to do at the house, you know, and at camp. Remember how we did attitude check, you know, I feel great. So I'm teaching Josh, he's real little about that. Uh, get up in the morning and say that. Well, he took, for sure, I heard him in there. I looked in, picked in the room and said, are you up? He stood up in the middle of the bed and said, I feel great. I said, you got it, son. Now, don't those kind of cheery people in the morning just drive you crazy? Some of you are right, you're like, no, i got to have five cups of coffee and all this kind of stuff. You know, you got your routine. But it's one thing to be physically hard to wake up. It's something else, by the way, my dad, the way he, uh, he woke us up, if you'll excuse the language, he would knock on the door and say, wake up and pee, the world's on fire. Get up and do something was his message. You got things to do. We got to go. There's stuff happening out here, you know. He wasn't going to let you. He wasn't going to let you sleep through things, right? We need to wake up though spiritually in so many ways. In this text, he, Paul writes in the Romans 13 here, right before this passage about loving people, and and that's our goal is to love folks, and that's what we ought to owe everybody is just to love them. That fulfills the commands of God. And he says in verse 11, and do this understanding the present time. There needs to be a consciousness of what is going on around us in our culture and during our present time. We need to be aware. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. We need to wake up as citizens of this nation. We need to wake up as members of our church. 
we need to wake up as individuals living here for the kingdom of God. So we need to wake up in a lot of ways. Now, sometimes you think something will happen that will make us all wake up at least for a while. There'll be a tragedy. Hey, this is September the 7th, a few more days. We remember 9-11. We remember those buildings and those planes and that smoke and the tragedy. And boy, that day, I know exactly where I was and what I was doing. And so many of you do too, right? And it woke us up. I mean, it made us all aware all of a sudden of some things that was happening in the world. There was that tragedy. I remember a, a lady came into our church that day and stayed all day long just sitting in the pew praying all day. She became a Christian because of that and still faithful to the Lord. So sometimes that, there's a wake-up call that takes place. Unfortunately, tragedies don't seem to keep us awake very long. They slip by and we go right back into our slumber. We push the snooze button and all of a sudden we go right back in. And then it'll take something else. There'll be another act of terrorism take place. There'll be a group that comes in and all of a sudden, just like it's happened to our nation, someone, someone's head is severed. And it wakes us up as a nation and says, there's evil out there. Evil really does exist. And evil men do evil things. And Romans 1 says, look, when men get away from God and, have, and, and, and the truth and they don't no longer retain that in their mind, they'll turn to doing evil things. So why should I be surprised that in my present time, evil is so, so, uh, around us so heavily and so strong? And that'll be a wake-up call, at least for a while. But does that really make a difference in how we live? Look, I'll tell you, as a nation, we do need to wake up. We need to wake up to getting back to God's principles about how we live and conduct ourselves. And look, it starts right here in our own church family. Because I, uh, the, I think the last stats I saw was only like 30-something percent of Christians were even registered to vote. And then only like half of those actually went out and voted. So look, that's on us. We're to be salt and light in the community in which we live. And that means taking responsibility in, as citizens of this nation. I love our country, and I tell you, we got brothers and sisters that are suffering great hardship and loss all over the world in nations where they have no avenue and no process to make a difference. So we need to, we need to quit being lazy and wake up out of our sleep. You need to get out, you need to register to vote, you need to go vote, you need to take and be a part of what it means to be a citizen of this country. That's a Christian responsibility. That's not just politics. That's Christian responsibility to do what we can do as salt and light in this world. Wake up! Wake up! We need to wake up as a church. We, by that I mean we need to have the same vision Jesus had when he looked out over the city and said he was moved and he had compassion because they were like, what? Sheep without a shepherd. We need to be moved by the, by the lostness of folks. We need to be moved by the heartaches of people. We want to have that same kind of mercy and love and compassion that Jesus had. That means that we have to wake up and not be indifferent, but be concerned. We have to quit being passive in attitude and be positive in action. That means we have to get out of the sitting in the easy chair and stand up 
for what is right, the gospel of Christ. Wake up, folks. That's what he's saying to us in the text. Look, you never know. The time's coming. And I love what he said. He said, look, you wake up, the salvation, that day's near. It's close by. We either wake up now to the calling of Christ or we'll wake up to the coming of Christ. One or the other, we're going to wake up, right? But you know what? That's not the only thing he tells us. He says we need to clean up. Now look, I, while I don't have any notes here, when I was writing my notes down, when I got to this section, I was thinking about this and studying. I looked up some different words and kind of those kind of things like I normally do in a text. I didn't even write any notes down. Because this is very, very self-explanatory. Let's just read the text. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness. Or some version says rioting and drunkenness. Some says carousing and drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and debauchery. Or maybe you prefer the old language of what it said in some translations. Not in, or maybe would you have gotten this? It said not in chambering or wantonness. Chambering. Any of you all been out there been chambering? Did you say, oh, yo, we were out chambering last night? Huh? Have you heard that? It's sexual immorality. But not only the action, but anything around it, the, the debauchery, the, all that that goes around that, the lasciviousness, the, the lust, all those kinds of impurities. That's what he's talking about. And then he throws this in. Not in dissension and jealousy. Now, wait a minute. I, I, you know, the, I, I don't get drunk anymore. I gave that up years ago. I, I'm not sexually immoral anymore. Say, but what about this thing of strife, in one version, dissension or jealousy? I've never seen a marriage dissolve that did not have dissension and jealousy. I, didn't, I never saw a family destroyed that didn't have strife in the middle of it. And I do think it's time for us to wake up and clean up our lives and recognize that kind of thing is sinful. You know, look, if, if I have, keep having a bad relationship with people that I work with, with my wife, with my kids, with my in-laws, with this person, look, if I keep on running into problems with people, it's probably not always their fault, you know? It might have to do with me. And that kind of strife and jealousy, he says here, is something we need to clean up. It's sinful. And he lists it right here with sexual morality and drunkenness and all this other stuff. Look, we have to be careful, especially Christians. I've seen churches divide and, and all of a sudden be, uh, have a righteous arrogance about it when really it was just sinful decision and strife and jealousy that was taking place. That's all it was. It was plain old sinfulness of the flesh. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, 1 John says. And those always get us. It's one of those, somewhere. So we're always having to be aware of how Satan attacks us. So we not only need to be conscious of what's going on around us and our culture and our world and our churches and our neighbors... But we need to clean up our own lives. We need to take a, take a look inside and say, what do I need to correct? 
But then he says something else in the text. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now think about that. He says, clothe yourself. Look like Jesus. This is what I'm talking about growing up. Now when you grow up, when you start when you're young, you look different than you do when you're old, right? You notice this guy? Don't you love Facebook? People send me this picture here. While I was like, Mike, I found a picture of you. Thank you very much, you know. <laughs> I couldn't wait. I have the sweater of many colors on. I'm biblical, you know. Uh, of course, that was handed down from my brother, who was handed down from my other brother. So about every other year, we probably got the same picture in the, you know, school album. You know, just boom, 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 keep wearing the same clothes over and over. Make the most of those. Grow up. Now, here's some other people that hadn't quite grown up yet when this picture was made. Look at this. If you see Al, be sure and mention to him how young and uh, dapper he looks there at this picture. Howard always looks the same, by the way. He's just there, the steady one. You grow up, you start looking different when you grow up than when you're young, right? Because when you grow up, when this text starts being practiced, you start looking like Jesus. We should look like our brothers and our sisters who are looking like Jesus. So when I follow the, the Holy Spirit, like those things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, when I'm clothing myself with those things, I'm, I'm looking more like Jesus than I have before. That's growing up. That's maturity. Second Peter chapter 1, he says, look, don't forget, he tells them, what it was like when you were cleansed from your past sins. And he tells them to add to their faith. And then he gives them a list of good growing qualities that ought to be added to their faith. It's a growing process. It's, it's an ongoing thing, this thing of spiritual maturity. So all of a sudden, when you, were, when you were 18, your anger was one way. But when you were 38, all of a sudden, that's, you don't treat anger the same way. And the things that you were weak in one day, you're strong in now. And so those things happen. And spirit, But look, that doesn't happen just coming to church. You and I will not grow up spiritually by attendance. It won't happen. We need the nourishment of God's Word. We need to, to dive into the, the book and find out what God says and look and let it feed us. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And we need to be encouraged by the brothers around us. We cannot grow without encouraging and helping each other, spending time in God's Word and depending on God's Spirit. We need that nourishment, whether it's small group, Bible class, or whether it's your everyday, just opening up the Bible and reading and getting into what God's saying to you. We've got to grow up. We've got plenty of babes, new babes in Christ. They were baptized, and they're babes in Christ. They've got to grow. But some of us were baptized into Christ, we got stuck and we never grew past going to church. And then we wonder why we have all these struggles in life. Maturity, growing up. It's a part of discipleship. It's a part of becoming who God wants us to be. And He grows us up. And as He does, we become more and more like His Son. You know, the responsibility of a lot of this growing up stuff 
We just need to go ahead and take it on ourselves, men, in this church. It's us. It's the head of the family. You get up and come, your family will come. If your wife has got to come in there and say, are you going today? Wrong question. Commitment's not even made yet. If you're having to decide each time, am I going to go? Then you're not where you need to be. It ought to be automatic. I've already made that commitment. I need to be with God's people. I need to be where I can get some nourishment, and that's the way it's going to be. And look, you get up. Don't you make somebody beg you to go to church. You get up and go. And look, you take responsibility for growing your family. You take responsibility for raising up your kids. I love the blessing that we have. That's what we have to do. Be men. Step up and be a man. Quit laying around, not doing what God wants you to do. Get up and get right with God on this. We need good, strong male leadership in God's family. When we follow Jesus, he changes us. He, there's not one sinful thing about you that God can't change. Now you think about that for a minute. While I can't eliminate sin in my life, God, God can and has. While I can't eliminate it, I can diminish it. Because you see, while grace has nothing to do with earning. It has everything to do with effort and growth. And as I grow in the grace of God, I can diminish sin's impact and effect on my life. And I think we bought a lie from Satan that says, I, I'm just this way and I can't do anything about it. Look, God's already done something about it when he saved you from those sins at the cross. And he's done something about it when he put the Holy Spirit living in your life and he'll take care of the rest of it one day. You don't have to worry about it. But between the cross and the crown, you can make an effort to live holy and become more holy by depending on God and his spirit. You can live different. You don't have to stay stuck in the same old stuff. Paul said in the book of Philippians, those things that were in the past, I left them back and I reached over and I, I strained toward the goal, toward the prize there, the high calling that I have. Don't focus on your past sinfulness. Focus on the goal that the Savior has given you. You're a child of the King. You're prince and princesses. You're royalty. That's how valuable you are to God. He sent his son to die for you. That's the price paid for you. So when you are saved, God's people, you have some confidence in God that he can change things about your life and you can make a difference in the world in which you live. Wake up, clean up, and grow up. Sometimes the simplest things are the hardest to do. Today, you can start that very, very thing of beginning all over again by obeying the gospel, being baptized into Christ, and get a brand new start. If you've been a child of God and you, you've let sin take over and you've let it reign in your life, you can repent 
and put that behind you and you can wake up to that, clean it up and start growing up. Whatever needs you have, that's why we're here because we serve a great, gracious, almighty God who can help you grow up. If you have a need, would you come while we stand and sing? Come with a humble heart, I come bowing down before your holy throne, lifting holy hands to you as I Listen to him. Listen to him. Oh, 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 listen to him. Listen to him. Moses and Elijah talking there with Jesus. A cloud and bell of them. Terrified. 
disciples face down to the ground Looked up and the only one they found was Jesus Glorified Glorified This is my son My love This is my son My love With him I am well pleased With him I am well Come to my rescue when I come and Lord you hear every idle word, every thoughtless deed, how it seems upset that Lord you give not what I am due but mercy. You come to my rescue. You come to my rescue. You come to my rescue. 
202 Ridgedale. Ridgedale Drive. Okay, good. Uh, apartment 50, uh, 58. And they're wanting to place membership today. Uh, he's looking for work. They moved down here from the north. He said he's just had enough of the cold and wanted to heard about your fellowship here, our fellowship, and wanted to be here and uh, ask for our prayers. So we're going to do that right now. Father, we just pray, come to you on uh, behalf of Clinton and Tanja, and uh, we just pray for health issues that uh, they're struggling with, but also, Father, that he'll be able to find work and, uh, and find uh, a place that he can and she can step in and serve and uh, worship you in the way that they want to. Thank you again, Father, for the souls that come our way, and we just pray that not only we'll be an encouragement to them, but they'll be an encouragement to us. And through your son we pray. Amen. Uh, Bill called me uh, right there at the end, and there was uh, uh, a man with us today, I believe, that is, um, came and just hugged your neck and said he's wanted some prayers. He's starting a church in, in Hungary. A Hungarian church in Dallas. Okay, I got you. I, I got a hungry man ready to start a church. That's what I got. So... Uh, but thank goodness the Spirit interprets what our feeble lips can't say, uh, for sure. So we want to uh, have a prayer for him as well, and also Jennifer Cooper and Taylor Flowers, uh, a, a name that goes unmentioned because there's some uh, issues with uh, some possible bad test results, and I've prayed with them, but that will be out there on the prayer request as well. So I just want to inform you of those. Also, Susie Thompson, that's Clay Thompson's mother, has cancer. And uh, it looks like it might be bone cancer, and they just ask that we remember them in our prayers as well. This morning for our special offering, Alan got up, and uh, he reminded us of the story 40 years ago that his mom, Kay, came here with four small children in need of help, both financial and spiritual and just need to be loved on. And he mentioned that when they came forward, they came to the old auditorium in which we were having two services. This morning, I made the comment, it was really weird meeting at 8 this morning, but there were 450 of us that were here. I'm sure we're close to 1,000 easy, if not more. And even though it is a little uncomfortable and may feel strange, just like 40 years ago, there were two small services there, I'm hoping in a few years we're having the strange feeling we're having three or four services here. Our discomfort is not what this 
I mean, our comfort's not what our service is about. It's being able to get out of our comfort zone, share God with people, and to build up His kingdom. And so I uh, thank you. Look around you. You see the empty spots? Invite someone to fill them and so that we can continue to grow. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you as your children. We are always amazed, constantly amazed, that you saw something in each one of us <clears throat> that you deemed worth sending your son for. You saw something that only we could be used to share your message, to be your ambassadors, your chosen ones to the lost. And I pray, Father, that we will get out of our comfort zone. We will wake up, and we will stand up for you. In a world that is trying to deny you, Father, I pray that we will proclaim you boldly in the community around, but we will love those even if they don't think the way we do. We'll love them in a way that will cause them to ask a question. What is it about them that they can feel that way? And we can share the hope that we have through your Son. So as we leave today, and particularly for those that are traveling, Father, we pray great safety on them and, um, and wisdom and strength as they proclaim your name. For those that we mentioned this morning, we pray blessings upon them and safety. Father, again, we love you and we pray we honored you in every way possible this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.